Welcome to the Rare Wellness Podcast, the podcast designed to help you heal holistically and give you the tools that you need to thrive. We're making it easy to understand medicine and wellness with practical steps from the experts, one podcast at a time. If this episode helps you live just a little bit more aligned and more holistically, the only thing that we ask is that you'll leave us a review and share it with a friend so that we can continue to provide you with free, valuable knowledge from the experts. I'm actually super excited about this episode. As you guys know, It's New Year's, and today's episode is entitled No More New Year's Resolutions. Most people set resolutions at the beginning of the year only to find themselves failing to follow through. If you're anything like me, maybe you'll set a unrealistic goal to run, I don't know, 100 miles in a month or finally start reading the pile of books that I have next to my bed just to find yourself disappointed and giving up on goal setting altogether. We get it. So I got to thinking, what if the key to personal growth and self-improvement isn't actually about creating unattainable goals once a year, but rather learning to live with a vision every day? We all know that goal setting and having a vision is important so that you don't just keep repeating the same loops unconsciously. But these unrealistic New Year's expectations to run 100 miles or just keep that crazy new diet that keeps leaving you disappointed and upset with yourself just is not the way to do it. If you're sick and tired of setting New Year's resolutions, but you want to live with vision and have a strategy for the future to build a life where you truly thrive in, then this episode is for you. So before we dive in, I want to introduce our guest today. Dr. Fernandez. We've had her on the podcast before. I absolutely loved talking with her last time. She's a good friend of mine and she's just incredibly knowledgeable, talented, and experienced in her field. She is a licensed clinical psychologist. She's the chief of pain psychology services at Northwest Spine and Pain Medicine. She's the owner of Rare Wellness. She is certified in traumatic stress studies by the Trauma Research Foundation, uh, is also trained in internal family systems. She's also trained in somatic experiencing, mindfulness, and self-compassion and compassion-focused therapy. Dr. Fernandez, I'm so excited to have you back on. Welcome to the Rare Wellness Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. So obviously, we're calling this podcast No More New Year's Resolutions, but if you're anything like me, I have definitely set some crazy New Year's resolutions in the past. So um, I was just curious, what what's your relationship with New Year's resolutions? Have you set them in the past? Do you have anything that you're like, wow, I was ambitious? I really set that goal. <laughs> yeah. So I'm in, in preparing, you know, for this and, and doing some research, I realized that I was part of that crowd that got momentum from the energy and the excitement of it all. Mm-hmm. And so I love the list and, you know, reflecting on what I wanted more of and what I wanted less of. And, and I realized like that visionary part of me, like really would love to go and run with it. And I want to read a self-improvement book a month uh, with a psychology book and a novel like you know so I was going to do like three books a month and wow <laughs> did you like I don't even think it would happen in January let alone like the whole year man no I I definitely really I don't know I was just like from the time I was there was one year I think I put something like I need to run a half marathon like every month of the year and I didn't even run like <laughs> I just, I remember I was like in middle school and I was like, I guess this is what people do. So I would literally say, I mean, some of the stuff was so extreme. I was like, no sugar at all the entire year. I would like read ingredient packets and like, I mean, I lasted probably like two weeks, but it was just, I I thought that's what people, anyway. Yeah, no. So, um, same. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's common because it's like, it's socially normed. There's a lot of excitement around it. Mm-hmm. Now you see it all over social media. People are talking about it. So they're- No, you're so right. I feel like culturally New Year's is just the one time of year where no matter who you are, everyone, <laughs> everyone sets goals, right? And sometimes they're realistic, sometimes they're not. But let's talk a little bit about the history of New Year's. Um, and maybe some people feel like, well, I never follow my goals anyway. So why set them? Why, yeah. why is vision important? 
let's talk context. Yeah, it's really interesting because in looking at the history, then you can pull forth the meaning that, you know, was underlying the tradition in the first place. Mm -hmm. So historians date it back to like 4,000 years ago with the Babylonians, but it wasn't on January 1st. It was actually at spring equinox and it was associated with their harvest, but it really became this time of both celebrating what has been and a time to look forward to what will be with maybe some intentions or goals but it was really the cyclical time. So when you're talking in the beginning about how do we just carry visions, it can really be any cycle where that becomes important to you, whether it's your vision for the day or it's your birthday or a season where you just really want to reflect. So it's not this like one time and then it's past. <laughs> Which I also think is really cool that you phrase it as a season to reflect because I, in a sense, it is a beneficial thing when you're sitting down and you're looking at what was this last season of life and what do I want the future to be? Like, if you don't even ask yourself that question, you can end up just running in circles. Yeah. You know, we're so forward driven that it's a time. One of the important underlying meanings is a time of that remembering, Mm. savoring, you know, what, What do we want to really celebrate from this last year? What do I want to celebrate? And it might have been a hard year. So it might have, the celebrations are very different for each person, but it might be celebrating that, you know, that you're here, that there was some ways that you held on to continuing on. And, you know, was there somebody that was a part of that journey? But it's that dedicated time for looking back, remembering, being grateful or nostalgic. And also a time to reflect on where we may want to invite something new in or more of or different for the year to come. So given that the statistics show that 23% of Americans quit in the first week, (laughs) you were saying by week two, right? Only 36% make it past the first month. And by the end of the year, the percent that actually keep their vision or goal is nine percent so so obviously the system (laughs) isn't working for us (laughs) yeah so to go from and you know and again at any time that that you do this but to go from that vision or that wish (laughs) and that excitement to to the vitality to embodying your goal this time around or whenever that time is i think there's some background information you know, that we can bring in to what drives us and motivates us. And, you know, going back to what we discussed a little bit last time, we have these two built-in drive systems. And so we're going to need some drive, but one drive is powered by your threat system. So it's like, you know, that could be social pressure, but your sympathetic threat, that would be like, you know, running from a mountain lion, right? You're like, ah. and one is powered by your sympathetic drive system, which interplays with that social engagement or connection system that we spoke of, your ventral vagal. So when you're in drive and you are also connected, then you're more likely to be in that drive system versus your threat system. And we can have those values that are purpose-driven throughout the year. Are you saying that you're less likely to succeed if you're driven by, from a fear-based goal versus from that sympathetic drive? Or are they right. equally effective? Like, how does this Yeah, work? so threat-based goals will take you a short distance, kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, if if you're motivated by the idea of a that lion chasing you, which inside of your nervous system, that's what it feels like. Oh, you'll like. run fast for then a short run period fast of time. And it'll get you out of the lion's reach, but not say long-term goals that stick. So we're looking to have goals be long-term. We want to connect it to that ventral drive system. So you have sustainability and you go from running out of a lion's reach to maybe finishing a marathon but finish, I've done a marathon once. And I remember hearing this term and that really makes sense now, finishing your run healthy, not just crossing the finish line, but if it's to run a marathon, then run it and finish. And when we look at the statistics on what people 
are motivated to change, the stats are about, you know, close to 40% of U.S. adults set New Year's resolutions every year. And you may be in the age group that represents the bulk of it. About 60% are young adults, 18 to 34. Parents are also higher in that representation category. And like our children are such a mirror for all the things, oh, right? Yeah. So you notice how each though can be from each of your resolutions or goals or, or visions can be from your threat or your drive connection system. So if you think about the top, the top three are health related, 56%. And as you listen to these goals, you can imagine them being either driven by threat or by drive. Exercise more. Eat healthy. Lose weight. So yeah. And it's it's crazy that you can pursue what I'm hearing you say is you can pursue both goals and one of them can be from a threat-based place and one of them can be from kind of this long-term drive place. What's a better way for me to phrase this? Because I feel like I'm not using the correct terminology. Yeah, for, yeah, a long-term yeah. Yeah, a drive. Yeah. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so basically from what you're telling me, I feel like it's super important as I'm setting my goals this year to take a step back and recognize where I'm, where is my motivation coming from? And it seems like there's a correlation between the success of me completing my goals and where the motivation is coming from. Is that right? right. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. That's crazy. So, and we'll walk through like, as you imagine, like, you know, how today's podcast is brought to you by the premium center for regenerative medicine and stem cell therapy in the Northwest. Northwest Center for Regenerative Medicine. Get back to the activities that you love without needing surgery. You can book your appointment at nwc4rm.com. Again, that's nwc4rm.com. This podcast is also brought to you by Rare Wellness Supplements. You can head over to rareplanethealth.com to get your supplements. My personal favorite is the premium fish oil filled with omega-3s. Again, you can go to rareplanethealth.com and get the supplements that you most need to support your health and wellness today. Lastly, this podcast is also brought to you by Rare Wellness. Rare Wellness is located on the South Hill in Spokane and is one center that provides all the wellness tools that you could need. Whether you're looking for a hands-on premium intimate yoga studio with a therapeutic emphasis, bar classes, Tai Chi classes, if you're looking for skincare treatments, injectable, hydrofacial, microneedling, organic spa treatments, if you're wanting to get therapeutic massage or book functional medicine appointments to get down to the root cause of your inflammation, Rare Wellness is the place for you. Whatever your wellness needs are, they have it covered. So to book your appointment today, go to rarewellness.com. Again, go to rarewellness.com and mention this podcast for 10% off when you're booking. Okay, time to get back to the episode. How to get there, right? Because just like saying switch is not always as easy as it seems. But but yeah, to go down like the list of 56% are health related and you can see how it can be either threat or drive. Same with 35% are work related or financial, right? A lot of people have these goals like... Be more successful. (laughs) (laughs) No pressure. Or yeah, save money, get out of debt, Mm -hmm. buy a house. Um, And five to 10% are social. So spend more time with family, make more friends. And again, we'll just like track, you know, how can this be from more of that drive connection system versus feeling like if I don't do this, that something bad is going to happen. So like a practical example for everyone listening is, okay, I want to lose weight this year. Is that because I hate myself or because I'm in a place where I'm looking at it from um, from that threat-based system or is it from a place of wanting to be healthier and embody those new habits that I'm looking to create? I feel like that those right. those that intention behind it will literally make or break my success towards achieving those goals long term. Yes, and so we'll go exactly and we'll go through those like the why and the how and connecting it to the value is really going to shift that. So as we talk you'll see what we're really getting at and you can do this yeah anytime through the year that it's more about the process or how you go about making the steps towards what you value than just the goal itself. 
I mean, the goal, and we've heard this, right? Like the journey is more than the destination. <laughs> These things are there that apply here. To stick with something long-term, we will discuss this process with actionable steps. So if you fall back to your threat center along the way, like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm the scale isn't changing. You can return to your eventual drive system. Like you've been outside for 20 minutes, three times a week, and you were really wanting that. And that's felt really great. You felt connected to, you know, the trees. You've noticed things you haven't noticed before. You feel better inside. So connecting it to your ventral drive will help that to continue to want to eat healthy, even if the scale wasn't where you would have hoped it would. So the idea of how do you know the difference, you know, between your when you're in threat and when you're in that ventral drive, we'll do a little check-in, but just a review before, and then we'll, we'll do a, a mindful moment. But in your autonomic nervous system, you have your ventral or your social engagement system, and then you have that mobilization system. And if you have more cues of danger, your threat, or more commonly known as your fight or flight, you know, get away from the mountain lion, <laughs> is on. And your social engagement is more about survival, such as appeasement or control, right? Rather than just connection and vitality. If you have more cues of safety, your mobilization is still on, right? Which is sympathetic still. And you're oriented towards drive, more drive than threat. You have access to that social engagement or ventral for play and thriving. And lastly, and what I think a lot of us get to like at week two is overwhelm where you're just like, no, like all systems off. You just shut down like the goals are like far, like whatever, you know, you just got into overwhelming. You just like you shut it all down. And so those are some states. And this is important because we'll build on cues of safeness or vitality to come back to as you know, kind of a North star along the journey. So detailing out how you get about that in the process is much more important than just the goal itself. So you can access that drive and thrive system. Absolutely. So should we check in and sure. yeah, let's good. do it. Okay. So get comfortable as, you know, shift around if you want. Yeah. Take a drink and you can start to maybe notice a contact point, your hand on your heart, your seat to the chair. And if it's comfortable for you closing your eyes or just having a soft gaze, let's start with the sound of a bell. Invite your attention towards one goal or vision you have or are considering. Notice within. What sensations are you aware of? Are there images, emotions, or thoughts that arise with those sensations? What do you notice as you bring that goal, that vision to mind? If you start to notice clenching, constriction, bracing, that might be a sign that your goal or image of yourself may be from a threat system. If you start to envision this goal or vision and it feels more like vitality, energy, flow, it's likely more from your sense of connection, sense of your self-life energy. So holding on to that image, if it was connection, and if not, notice and We'll go into some more process and tips on shifting it to that drive and connection system. 
Either way, deepening your breath, filling your hand to your heart, your seat to your chair, deepening your breath and returning slowly. I love, I love that concept of envisioning that goal and just seeing how, what kind of reaction it naturally draws from your body mm -hmm. because you're just intuitively knowing that you can trust your own body and your own mind and the way that it reacts and that that is signaling things to you. That's so powerful. Right. And, you know, it's important as you're checking in with your body, it might help ground you into your values. And so the next, you know, first it was what, what is your goal or what is your vision? And the next is know your why. Mm -hmm. And it might be threat driven, which that's important information to know, know your why, because your values are fuel to your goals and your visions. They can help you remember your why mm -hmm. of this goal. If your goal was something like, I want to lose weight and you notice constriction and you saw yourself just feeling embarrassed or, you know, you saw shame, you know, or an inner critic come up, then that's information. But if you can stay with it and ask yourself, is there anything in me that it feels supportive, like inside of me, any value that it connects to, like, I want to feel healthier. I want to feel more energy. I, I can see myself running and feeling more alive. Then you've connected it to a vision, a, a why that you can continue to come back to that's connected to that value of vitality in life. Um, or if your goal was like, I want to have better boundaries. You know, it's kind of like a mental health goal that a lot of people have. And then the reframe to a cue of safety might be. I want to be able to slow down before I say yes, without checking in with my capacity, my time, my energy. So I'm going to say no more, or I'm going to pause and say, let me think about it before jumping to yes. And the value underneath it may be confidence in myself that I can say no, <laughs> You know, or it can be self-compassion because you notice that you didn't have any time for self-care or you overextended your capacity or it might be courage, you know, that um, you might notice that there is this threat of somebody might not like me or value me if I say no. So it might be the courage to live in your truth and see what happens when you don't say yes to everybody. The courage to be disliked. <laughs> yes. So there's that underlining value. In both of these things that you're saying, the outcome might be the same, but the journey is so different. Like even when you were describing um, when you're able to envision yourself having energy, running around, you know, for 20 minutes, playing games with your kids or yeah, whatever it is, it, it gives a different, if that, if that versus a version where it's like, oh, I, I have to, I have to lose weight. I have to step on the scale. I have to, you might lose weight in both scenarios. And in one of them, you're so miserable. Right. And in the other one, you're experiencing this vitality, this life. And so I think apply that across the board to all of your goals, all your examples. This why is just so crucial in creating an entirely different experience in achieving the same outcome that maybe you desired, right? right? Yeah, so because shame or a threat system can work, but it's costly, right? Brene absolutely. Brown talks a lot about, you know, shame, but just the load on the nervous system, the chemicals that it releases. So it can get you somewhere short term or maybe even cost? for a while, but at a cost. Yes. And so the sense of aliveness is different. Because you can't trade aliveness for threat. They don't coexist. So detailing this out is important. You know, there, you might have an image of you doing something you don't like. Like a parent can say, I want to stop snapping at my kids. Mm -hmm. And as you check in, you like, you see yourself snapping at your kids. 
And you're like, oh man, oh man, I don't want to do that anymore. But it's this like, you know, like gripping, you know, a steering wheel kind of like feeling like I don't, I don't want to let go of the wheel, but how do I not snap at my kids? Um, but if you can, ref if you notice that threat and can check in, like, what is the value? What is my why here? Mm -hmm. I want to instill well, kindness and generosity and well, and I think this is something that in, in traditional, just mainstream goal, New Year's resolution and goal setting, it's always what oriented, like, what do you want to achieve? And so this is really just taking it a step further of, man, that why is so crucial, that values is so crucial. So I love that you shared this. I feel like that's revolutionary. Yeah, yeah. And then that you have, you know, that sense to guide you through into what we'll talk about for the, the next part um, is having some sort of resource or a North Star. And I think because you're going to get into the crux of the moment where it's hard, right? You're going to be triggered. You're going to be activated. And if all you have is like your top down message, it's, it, that's a, it's a difficult ask without some resource for yourself is, along the journey. There's not enough roots there to really give you enough why to keep you going. If you don't have that why, what's keeping you going at that moment when you're two weeks in, you're a month in now, you're two months in, into trying to change your habits, change your routines, change your mindsets, right? Like change your boundaries. And like you said, that triggering moment comes. Like if you don't have a why, what is holding you down into making that? Right. And also, yeah, so the, you know, so the next step after, you know, so it's your what, it's your why connecting it to your value and having that purpose driven why and then having a resource is you know what we say for number three because um it's really important and it goes back to that cue of safeness or support that embodied resource that is encouraging you along the way and if you didn't have that growing up maybe even more so because that's scaffolding. You know, if you had it great and you might notice that scaffolding of way to go, really great job. And whether you did or you didn't, like that kind of scaffolding, when you're doing something that's difficult, that's breaking the mold of what's what is and what comes naturally, what's automatic, to have an encouraging voice, that that resource, that North Star to guide you is really important. So explain resource to me. Does that have to be external? What is resource and how do I build this? How do I find this? Yeah, it's that that's a great question. Yeah. Um, so a resource does not need to be internal. And you know, I um Dr. Curlin and I'll put her in the show notes, she says beacon, you know, calls it a beacon. And, you know, I think it is you check in and we'll do a mini check-in. So actually we'll see whether it comes from internal or external, but as you notice something that is supportive, is resourcing, is encouraging, is light giving, um, it gives you a cue of motivation from a safeness. You can ask yourself those questions. Where do I notice that? Is it from inside or is it from outside? So it can be, it can be both. And often for people, you know, there, there's something, you know, it could be like the picture of a beach or the picture of somebody that you can really see embodying those qualities. Or it can be a warm sense inside of you, something that feels like it's internally sprouting. So resource is a new word for me. I haven't heard resource before. Mm -hmm. What's the difference between like resource and I have not heard like resource used. So I was just curious, like what? what yeah. It was. It's a somatic cool. experiencing word. They, they use resource more than grounding. Cause I think sometimes we can ground ourselves in, in a dissociative way, Yeah, but we're not scaffold. Like we can ground. Okay. I'm going to, I'm in a tough family situation and yeah. I'm just going to ground, I'm going to ground, but we're not say scaffolding how to be in a difficult, which that's what you're going to need when you encounter difficulty with New Year's resolutions. You're going to need to be in it. Yeah. And have I the like resource that. to stick with it rather than ground yourself. Sometimes that makes total sense because be grounding can be disassociative, whereas mm -hmm. resources like giving you the scaffolding you need to exist in that situation. Exactly. Yeah. And this might be like a whole other um, 
a whole other podcast, but sometimes grounding kind of like meditation can um, take us away in a dissociative quality. And sometimes it could be very supportive to scaffolding into this, you know, in this conversation, this area that we want to be, but resourcing, and it is, I'm using it from a, a somatic experiencing lens is really anything that supports us in having deeper capacity. So if you're a North Star, if you have an image of something, someone, or an internal experience, and it's saying you you are doing so great, or it's just this warm feeling, and it's helping you have that deeper capacity for organization around this goal that you're wanting, then it, it's a bridge to that deeper connection of that internal or external sense of North Star and your goal or, or resource and your goal. So it can be internal and external um, anchors for you to help you feel less disorganized or here, maybe less likely to just all or nothing. So to embody this, we'll do another little mini check-in here. And um, you can go ahead and again, just get comfortable. I'll start with the sound of a bell. So bring up a time or a moment or quality of when you felt more alive, more connected, or a time where you felt more like you'd like to be, maybe more capacity, more regulation, less of something distressing, a time that you felt a sense of energy or had cues of this connection to you and your capacity internally or to something anchoring externally, to something supportive. A time that you felt a sense of energy or had cues of connection to that support. And then check in. Notice what sensations are here. If there's any vibration or flow, expansion. Just notice the qualities you want to embody more of. Notice if it's coming from someplace internal or external or both. Perhaps you have an image of these qualities in someone that you admire or a role model or a time you have felt more of these qualities in yourself or it's from internal. Feel the embodied sense of these qualities with the sensation, imagery, emotion, thoughts, and imagine pinning that as a glimmer you wake to, your North Star, a resource there to encourage you, to build your capacity, to befriend you as you engage in this energetic process towards this way of being that you want to practice. And as there will be pitfalls or fallbacks, let this North Star be a glimmer, a resource to regulate you and call you gently back to guide you onward. And then deepening your breath, coming back into the moment here. Man, as we were doing that, all I could think about was how a habit, one of my goals for 2024 is to incorporate mindfulness into my mornings. Mm -hmm. Because I'm thinking if I was able to 
I think if anyone was to sit down and create that again, North star, that just emotional sensation of this is what I would like to embody today. How much more likely am I to then act in accordance with that throughout my day? Right. Right. From a place of that long-term drive versus that threat. Right. From a place of connection. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, And I think that's important as we go to the next, which are the action steps, which a lot of us will have those visions or, you know, this wish and maybe haven't detailed out all the action steps and thinking of what it's going to cost energetically, time, resources. So, but to have that resource, that North Star along your way as you're doing these action steps and as scaffolding it. Um, with that light of encouragement. So action steps. So how do we manifest your vision or goal um, in a way, you know, where we get more than 9% of the population keeping them to the, but they also provide markers to celebrate the process along the way, which it's going to be important to have those glimmers and we'll get more to that. So let's go into some of these action steps. And the first one is check-in. Like just do an honest check-in with your goals. Like, all right, um, what are the time? What is the resources? What is my capacity right now versus the expectation that this goal is going to take, the energy that it will take? And a lot of it, remembering that this is a cyclical time of, of remembering and bringing in a vision for an action plan forward, but is the timing right? You know, we hear timing is everything. So ask yourself, is the timing right? If it's not in the cards right now, then maybe you postpone it, or maybe you set a near goal, a smaller goal that will still be affiliated to the value. So if you want to run, say a half marathon, (laughs) if you want to run a half marathon in June, but you know, you look at your calendar and you're traveling three times in the next two months. You live in winter, there's snow on the ground, and you actually hate being cold, but you know you're not gonna run on a treadmill. You have to do it outside. <laughs> and like maybe that's a June goal. <laughs> maybe there could be, you know, another way to go about getting to a half marathon you can postpone the marathon to like a different time maybe you don't do it in the spring maybe you do it in the fall but maybe you can still have those activity goals if you don't love to be active outside and you don't love the treadmill then you know is there something else that you can do for 20 minutes indoors that you don't hate four times a week? realistically that will still be working towards your goal because right. you're going to be starting from a place where your cardiovascular activity has already yeah, it's already above the baseline where you were. Right. So you- and if the goal is to lose weight, but you look at your calendar and you've already checked in and, and you know that your value is health right. <laughs> and not vitality and not just losing weight. And you've connected that into your why and you have that beacon of encouragement, but that beacon is with you or that North Star is looking at your calendar and you have, you know, three parties in January. And again, you also don't like to go outside, but you really want to go on, you know, 20 minute walks, four days a week, Mm -hmm. then can you start another health practice? Mm -hmm. You invite a daily supplement that you've been wanting to do. Maybe you've been wanting to really do fish oil and, Mm -hmm. you know, bring in some microgreens or something, or can you go to bed earlier, which is still going to help with digestion and, and overall vitality or do another activity consistently for that first month. So check in with the timing and knowing that resilience is having that adaptability to be flexible. And I love the, I mean, this is not, there is no set rules for how you need to live your life or what is going to work for you, right? So it's having that, like you said, flexibility, that creativity of you know what, maybe this particular goal that I want to embody at some point, I want to achieve at some point, isn't the right timing. How can I get creative and find something that still supports me on that journey, but won't set me up for failure in a season when it's just not the right time? Right. It's an honest check-in. And you're being that like 
encourager, you know, for yourself or bring in that encouraging voice. Also, and I, I want to point out as well, like I truly, there is no shame in being honest of what's realistic and what's not realistic Ah. because just because I can't, just because this might not be the season for me to run a marathon or insert whatever that goal is that it's just not the right timing for. It doesn't mean it will never be possible or that I should feel bad that that's not the priority that I can choose with whatever my capacity is at the moment. Yeah. And I think going back to checking in on the value, then you can ask the question, right? You can get curious. Mm-hmm. Like how, how else can I schedule? Today's podcast is brought to you by the Premium Center for Regenerative Medicine and Stem Cell Therapy in the Northwest, Northwest Center for Regenerative Medicine. Get back to the activities that you love without needing surgery. You can book your appointment at nwc4rm.com. Again, that's nwc4rm.com. This podcast is also brought to you by Rare Wellness Supplements. You can head over to rareplanethealth.com to get your supplements. My personal favorite is the Premium fish oil filled with omega-3s. Again, you can go to rareplanethealth.com and get the supplements that you most need to support your health and wellness today. Lastly, this podcast is also brought to you by Rare Wellness. Rare Wellness is located on the South Hill in Spokane and is one center that provides all the wellness tools that you could need. Whether you're looking for a hands-on premium intimate yoga studio with a therapeutic emphasis, bar classes, Tai Chi classes, if you're looking for skincare treatments, injectable, hydrofacial, microneedling, organic spa treatments, if you're wanting to get therapeutic massage or book functional medicine appointments to get down to the root cause of your inflammation, Rare Wellness is the place for you. Whatever your wellness needs are, they have it covered. So to book your appointment today, go to rarewellness.com. Again, go to rarewellness.com and mention this podcast for 10% off when you're booking. Okay, time to get back to the episode. Scaffold this value of health right now. Mm -hmm. What else can I do? And that's still something that you can celebrate your successes along your journey until you can run half a marathon or whatever it is. And Yeah, I I love that you're saying, you know, it's okay to be honest. It's okay to show up in your truth. And another way to be honest is ask yourself, have I tried this before? Or have I tried goals before this specific one or in general? And ask yourself, okay, like, let's just befriend the part that it it didn't happen. And let's ask, like, what got in the way? Like, Mm -hmm. just no judgment, no shame. This is just curiosity. If you can do it from curiosity, even better. Like, if you can do it from ventral and not like, what? Why didn't I do it? But like, okay, like, let's just check in. What got in the way? Was it a lack of an action plan? Did I need accountability? Um, You know, for me, I noticed when I was checking in, like, the things that I did often had some accountability to it. Like I wanted to learn an instrument and I didn't grow up with music. So when I started it, it wasn't just me and, you know, like um, a book. It was Mm -hmm. having somebody that was going to teach lessons that I met with weekly and then, you know, doing it in a small group format in front with a band in front of an audience, maybe a year later into it and just having this accountability. So for, you know, some of us, there's an there's an internal accountability that's enough. And for others, and maybe it's just depending on the goal too, it's really helpful to just have a check-in person. Um, Another way that when you're asking yourself what got in the way before, for a lot of us, we don't realize like how much there's just like our old patterns and it's hard to make change. Old patterns get activated. So if I don't want to snap at my kid turns into I want to be validating and instill kindness and security, but I know I get activated when we're running late, when they don't listen or they say no or whatever it is, then asking yourself, well, what got in the way of me being more patient or encouraging was me getting activated. Then you can start to make an action plan where what am I going to do when I feel that? Because I know I will. Um, other things can be anxiety, you know, fears, doubts, expectations, way too grand, run a marathon every month, <laughs> like, like, you know, or whatever it is, learn a language. I have no, you know, 
no. I want to learn Mandarin in two weeks. Like that's not going to happen. Right. Yeah. I'm going to go, you know, to this country and I'm going to do it, you know, in six months. I know nothing about this language and I want to be fluent. You know, was the expectation too grand or was it from my threat center? And so then fear and anxiety and pressure and lack of self-efficacy can just, you know, come up. Um, perhaps you have a really strong inner critic and, and we'll maybe touch on that like a little bit, but just asking yourself what's gotten in the way before, or was the goal itself too rigid? I need to weigh this much. I have to run six marathons or I need to not lose my patience with my children. (laughs) So these, you know, sometimes the goals themselves don't allow for that. Um, that resilience and that flexibility, or even like you're saying, meditate. I need to meditate every morning. You know, so when I didn't do it, is it okay to return to it, you know, two days later? Is it okay to come back? So, or maybe you needed more time to reach it. If it is another language or an instrument that we've had no history with, it might be a three-year goal with progress points along the way. Um, there's a somatic psychotherapist, Britt Frank, and he says, without examining where we are resistant to change, the cycle of resolve, relapse, and repeat continues year after year. So it goes back to knowing there's a lot of effort involved in changing what's already neuro pattern throughout our mind and our body. And you might need to just give yourself some grace and also honesty on how much energy that it's going to take to do something that is different from your automatic way of being. Absolutely. Um, The other, like looking back with what got in the way or why it didn't happen, were your goals clearly defined? So like a lot of moms, we might say, I want to be more patient. But was it clearly defined? Like, um, could you say, I'm going to say three encouraging things to my family each day? And then you can look back and say, you know, I did, I did do that. And in doing that, you're calling forth your own sense of safety and connection to them, which in the end is likely to help you to be more patient. But having those specific or clearly defined goals, it's hard to hold yourself accountable if you don't have an idea of patience in mind as well. So having that North Star, what does that look like? What does that feel like? It's a lot easier to have to achieve a goal when it has do's instead of don'ts. So like growing up, I remember my mom used to say, um, she's always been very health oriented, but from a place that was in that long-term drive. And so it was, she always used to tell me not, I, I don't believe in diets or I don't, for her, it was always like, wow. don't talk about what you don't eat. Talk about what you do eat. Focus on what you're going to fill your life with instead of the things that you want to take away. And that has just stuck with me forever. And I hear that in what you're saying of, okay, what does don't be critical mean, right? right. Are there ways that I can do the opposite of that? Or like when I, yeah. I know for myself, I've set many goals that are don't do this, don't do this, don't do that. But when I've flipped it into a positive of do this thing, it makes it a lot easier. Yeah. And your mom had that gift of understanding. She connected it to a value, which connected it to your ventral cues of safety and connection that helps you stay driven to what do I say yes to in my diet versus, you know, and maybe you do say no to certain things, but versus only focusing on on what you're saying no to more, what are you saying yes to? And that really dampens that stress response of it all. Yeah. And um, also starting small and having a point of measurement. Research shows that goals that can be measured offer the benefit of showing your progress and offering yourself inspiration for continuing on. Um, and also being practical. This goes back to your mom's, you know, early wisdom be practical. Don't restrict too much. If it's like, don't have any sugar, don't have any packaged food, then that's really restrictive, right? And it can really undermine your encouragement 
along the way. So think about all the automatic behaviors, undermining them and rewriting them takes a lot of effort. So doing a little bit at a time where you can measure, yeah, I've, I've invited these meals into my day and that feels really encouraging. And I'm rewriting my story by adding something in while I might slowly be replacing actually Absolutely. Something else that wasn't healthy, but rather than don't have this, doing this helps to rewire neural networks and automatic behaviors, but in that encouraging scaffolding way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, um, yeah. So if we start small, then it's more likely and more easy to integrate and stick to and be able to make that bigger goal long-term. Um if we rush to the finish line, then we end up falling because it just takes so much energy. So oh, yeah. slow and steady wins. So yeah, just flushing out the details in, in as much as you can is also an action step. Instead of leaving things to chance or wish, you'll move towards what matters more if you're able to empower yourself with knowing all of the details. When we feel that personal agency, it helps to turn down that threat response and be met with vitality and drive. So if the value is instilling kindness and security, you know, instead of don't snap, what will I do when I start to feel activated and triggered? Like, let's flesh out these details. Can I recall the encouraging light of my North Star? Can I set an image on my phone that reminds me of that North Star? I love that. Like leaving reminders around your life that are just going to help create that scaffolding, help create that support. You know, I've even heard like habit stacking, you know, if I want to make it a goal to um, read a book every night, maybe I place my book by my toothbrush because I brush my teeth every night. And after I brush my teeth, I grab my book and because it's there. So I'm going to read a paragraph and close it go to sleep, right? Yeah. It's it's just like making it as easy as possible to integrate these new habits into our life as well. Yeah. And I remember Dr. Ohanian on savoring, like talked about like having the action plan practiced ahead of time, not in that moment, right? Yes. So if you know that your nervous system is going to go into activation, that's in threat, right? So if you're in fight, flight, you're just not going to have as much access to those thinking in the moment plans. So if you've rehearsed it, when I feel this activation or when I get triggered because my kid is saying no, or we're running late, can I know what two minute mindful meditation that I've already looked into? It's going to remind me of my value, my North star. I'm going to like plug it in or, you know, play it or ask for a minute. And if you have that already, like here is my action plan and you flushed out that detail and you're really empowering that sense of agency in yourself and helping to um, bring in that sense of safety, that sense of soothing when you're having a hard moment. Absolutely. Yeah. Sit down and recenter. Yeah. So just fleshing out those details. Um, another action plan, just lastly, is improving your sleep schedule because sleep impacts goal success, ironically. <laughs> it impacts everything. I'm not surprised yeah. at all. Yeah. Yeah. So that those are a few things is just having some action plans ahead of time as you go into making your goals. Yeah. And as I'm still, I'm still setting my intentions again, not just for 2024, but for this next season of life, as I like to do cyclically. Um, but I definitely sleep is one of those core ones that you just can't go wrong. Right. You can't go wrong with getting more sleep. It impacts everything. It impacts so. everything. Yeah. And so after, and it's still part of an action step, but um, number five is ops, turning obstacles to opportunities. You know, it's like our daughter is planning her 10th birthday and she wants like a flower party and she wants a flower obstacle course. (laughs) Obstacles can be like fun. (laughs) It's so funny. It's that. And it goes back to that sympathetic mobilization. There's a drive, but there's also ventral. There's a playfulness to it. So I don't know if we're going to be that excited about obstacles, but they can be opportunities. 
And when you look at it like, all right, so these setbacks are going to happen. I'm going to go into my unconscious ways. And like, how can I befriend that and bring in that like North Star, that resource? Like, here we are. We knew this was going to happen. Let's try those things that we're going to just invite in. Let's try these resources this way, because we know that the processing power to change something that isn't already wired is more significant than just falling back into our own power. It takes energy. Yeah. It absolutely. And I love that you said that's the expectation. It's not, it, it's, right. it's not, it's a given. It's a given that we're going to do what we automatically already do. It's a given, just like those states, right? We're going to go into threat. We're going to go into survival physiology. And the more survival you needed to have, then, you know, perhaps the more, resourcing we need for more capacity around things that are really automatic and activating. Um, So just seeing them um, instead of being dreaded, see them as something that, okay, I'm going to look for ways to make obstacles opportunities. Make it that flower obstacle course. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Ryan Holiday wrote this book, The Obstacle is the Way, and, you know, just had a lot of practices for resiliency and that returning, that U-turn and that adaptability. But you're inviting in more cues of safety, your North Star, your resource, when you can identify obstacles as part of the path or the obstacle course. <laughs> like, yeah. It's going to be part of it. Um So an action plan for working with obstacles is going in like, okay, so when, um, if if I'm going to make healthier food choices, so when at work they deliver the thing, you know, that is just, you know, donuts for lunch or something, and I have my packaged meal, but when I want to make healthier eating choices and something else is presented, do I see my image of myself running? Do I see how I feel more flow and more alive when I'm making these healthier food choices? Do I step out and listen to a meditation? You know, so when this happens, then my plan is this. And it goes back to that when I feel activated or triggered, not if, but when, how do I go back into using some of that connection into myself and you know is it the internal north star is it something external but how do i go back into um that so another obstacle is that inner critic and if you checked in in the beginning and you felt that threat system that clinching that tightening then you might have that you know unconscious pattern of feeling that you need to be something to be valuable, to be accepted. Our inner critic often works really hard because of a goal that is positive, such as wanting to be socially engaged, but it has old patterns of how to get us there. And that's back to that threat system. So if you find yourself having that inner critic that say goes to all or nothing, like, well, you didn't make that healthy food choice today, Nat, like just, I mean, you know, just give it up. Or it it starts to say really negative things to us. Like you never stick to anything like, oh, whoa, now it just, it didn't just stick to the specific goal. It just went for like the whole of you. You Mm. don't stick to anything. You're just, a, you know, and, and, you know, these, the severity of this is really going to um, depend on each person in your history. But the first thing to do, like anything else, is slow down notice it, maybe even name it. Okay, this is a threat response. What sensations do you notice? What thoughts, image, and maybe even asking yourself, does this feel like it's coming from inside this inner critic voice or outside? Sometimes it's as familiar as this like, you know, oh, there's my like, you know, aunt, Patty's voice talking at me, or sometimes it feels very internal. So just noticing where is this even coming from? Okay, so first, if you notice it, then acknowledge it and bring in that North Star. Notice both the voice, notice your North Star, and maybe start to embody more of that North Star. 
What's the encouraging voice? Write down what that would say. Notice what that would feel like. Breathe that in. And then you can update the critic, right? It's almost like through the threat system or through the drive connection system. Like we could do this a different way. It's like, hey, I know that you've, I know I'm used to hearing myself yeah. or someone else say this, but hey, yeah. I can update it. That's so encouraging. Yeah. Even if this inner critic has become so familiar and so my my standard, my baseline is like, I can update this voice. It doesn't right. have to be the one that guides me constantly. Right, right, exactly. So, and, and that's a really important ongoing process in many areas of life, but mm -hmm. specifically here, but just wrapping up obstacles, just giving yourself grace because new patterns take work time and hiccups are going to happen we're going to revert back to the familiar it's just part of our neurobiology so like scaffolding in an encouraging way like you know you've got this you've done this mishaps are part of life it's okay the ongoing journey and the process of encouraging yourself back is part of the joy and not just the goal itself. Absolutely. Um, and we've already said this. Number six is that accountability. But just, you know, there's there's different ways. You can tell a friend. You can have an accountability group. There's apps or you can hire a coach. But having some sort of accountability uh, is really supportive. And finally is celebrate the glimmers. <laughs> mm. Like, did you say an encouraging thing to your kid today? And it wasn't three, but it was one. Great. I said an encouraging yeah. thing today. And, you know, maybe you write that down, celebrate it. You remember it, you write it down and make that a glimmer um, in your life. If you value kindness and generosity, then you did that. You know, you did your intentional thing and feel that warmth and that expansion. Give yourself a moment to savor that or spread that through your nervous system. And then you're bringing in that new patterning, fill it into your heart. Creating that positive association and taking time to slow down enough and to celebrate the small moments. Because I, I know sometimes like it's so easy to have a tendency to be like, well, it wasn't enough. It wasn't right. big enough. Or if that inner critic just starts going, it's like, it was enough. You made 1% progress. Right. You honored that intention. You embodied it, even if it wasn't to maybe the unrealistic standard that was in your head. But it's like when you, when you sit down and it's like, did I make progress? Right. Yes. One of my favorite mentors in life, Kent Hoffman, he would say, the North Star, it's your direction, right? Mm. It doesn't mean you never veer left or veer right. Right. It's just right. you know where you're heading. Heading. You know where you're heading and celebrating that along the way. And I think an important thing that we might, some people might not be used to, seek out positive feedback. Seek out Absolutely. positive affirmation so that you can celebrate that sense of efficacy. I said one positive thing to my kid today. Tomorrow I'm going to, you know, try to make it two or three. Um, mm -hmm. But having that sense of efficacy and, and seeing that mirrored and reflected back from other people. You know, if you're in therapy and your therapist is like, man, you've, like, you've really worked on having a different voice than your critic guide you and encourage you. That's, um, that's really cool. I'm really happy. Like taking Take those in. in, breathe it in, embody yeah. and savor. <laughs> And for anyone listening to this podcast who needs to hear it, you inherently deserve to be celebrated. Your goals deserve to be celebrated. Your self deserves to be celebrated, not for what you do, but just for who you are. Like you deserve to be celebrated. And so I hope that, you know, you're able to over time internalize that and truly start celebrating the little things because creating those positive associations will will really help you push you towards that those goals that you have for yourself and 
You don't have to get to the top of Mount Everest before you finally stop and look at the view and just enjoy it. And like mm-hmm. each leg of the way, like you're you're making progress. Right. Even if it's not always forward, <laughs> you know, it can be, a, I mean, not yeah. forward, let me refer, rephrase that, but. Yeah, just reminding yeah. yourself of the process, like you're saying, remind yourself of the journey and appreciating the journey. The process along the way is important, as important, more important, but it's important and not just the goal itself. Yeah. And and I just want to touch on this too. I think even on the days this year when you have set a goal and maybe you didn't quite hit the goal, maybe you, your kids or did activate you and yeah. <laughs> you do end up snapping at them. Or let's say it's with food and you're hanging out with friends and you end up not making the food choices that you wanted to make or that your intentions were. If you're even aware enough to sit down that night and reflect on it and be able to change your narrative with it and still have an intention to wake up tomorrow and make a different mm-hmm. habit, that is something to be celebrated as well because you were aware enough to even be in the process and 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 start again. So Right. Remember it's a practice of connection to yourself yes. along with your goals. So how are you how are you inviting in that narrative to yourself at the end of the day when things didn't go the way that you wanted to? So it's a practice of how you're talking to yourself or that North Star in you or outside of you guiding you back to yourself. And then encouraging you on on the process. Thank you so much, Dr. Fernandez, for coming on and talking. I always love learning from you and just chatting. And I'm excited to go and set my intentions for the year, for the season. <laughs> and then maybe we'll revisit this. Maybe we'll do like a like a spring. How's it going? Equinox. Yeah, how's it? How are those not New Year's resolutions going? But um, yeah, thank you for taking your time to do this. Um, You're welcome. And before we go, do you have any, if you had to give one practical step for people to, I know obviously we gave many, but what's one thing if people don't take anything else from this podcast, what's that one thing that they can apply today? I think, you know, having that, um, that positive light of encouragement for yourself, checking in if that's internal or if that's external and seeing how that can bring in more capacity and soothing and encouragement along your way. I love it. Well, thank you for being on and everyone listening. Be sure to follow us at Wear Wellness Podcast and to send in your questions so that we can ask the experts in 2024. Uh, We appreciate you guys so much listening. And thank you again, Dr. Fernandez. You're welcome. Yeah. Bye, everybody.